Minority Rights One of the most striking features of the terror is its emphasis on love of and vigilance towards the gear, the stranger. Don't oppress a stranger. You yourselves know how it feels to be strangers because you were strangers in Egypt, says Exodus. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger residing among you, giving them food and clothing. You are to love those who are strangers for you yourselves were strangers in Egypt, so says Sefer Devarim. The sages went so far as to say that the Torah commands us in only one place to love our neighbor, but in 36 places to love the stranger. That's the Gemara in Baba Metzia. Well, what is the definition of a ger, a stranger? Clearly, the reference is to one who isn't Jewish by birth. It could mean one of the original inhabitants of the land of Canaan. It could mean one of the mixed multitude who left Egypt with the Israelites. It might mean a foreigner who has entered the land seeking safety or a livelihood. Whatever the case, immense significance is attached to the way the Israelites treat the stranger. This was what they were meant to have learned from their own experience of exile and suffering in Egypt. They were strangers. They were oppressed. Therefore, they knew et nefesh what it feels like to be a stranger. They were not to inflict on others what was once inflicted on them. The sages said that the word ger might mean one of two things. One was a ger tzedek, a convert to Judaism, who had accepted all its commands and obligations. The other was the ger toshav, the resident alien who had not adopted the religion of Israel, but who lived in the land of Israel. Parashat Bahar spells out the rights of such a person. Specifically, if any of your fellow Israelites become poor and are unable to support themselves among you, help them as you would a resident alien, a ger, so ger to shav, so that they can continue to live among you. There is, in other words, an obligation to support and sustain a resident alien. Not only does she or he have the right to live in the Holy Land, but they have the right to share in its welfare provisions. Recall that this is a very ancient law indeed, long before the sages formulated such principles as Darche Shalom, the ways of peace, which obliged Jews to extend charity and care to non-Jews as well as Jews. So what was a ger toshav, a resident alien? There are three views in the Talmud. According to Rabbi Meir, it was anyone who took it on himself not to worship idols. According to the sages, it was anyone who committed himself to keeping the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, the seven Noachide commands. A third view, more stringent, held that it was someone who had undertaken to keep all the commands of the Torah except one, the prohibition of meat not ritually slaughtered. The law follows the sages. A ger toshav is thus a non-Jew living in Israel who accepts the Noachide laws that are in fact binding on everyone. Ger toshav legislation is thus one of the earliest extant forms of minority rights. According to the Rambam, there's an obligation on Jews in Israel to establish courts of law for resident aliens to allow them to settle their own disputes or 
for that matter, disputes they have with Jews, according to the provisions of Noahide law. The Rambam adds one should act toward resident aliens with the same respect and loving kindness as one would to a fellow Jew. The difference between this and later ways of peace legislation is that the ways of peace apply to non-Jews without regard to their beliefs or religious practice. They date from a time when Jews were a minority in a predominantly non-Jewish, non-monotheistic environment. Darchei Shalom, ways of peace, are essentially pragmatic rules of what today we would call good community relations and active citizenship in a multi-ethnic society. Ghetto Shav legislation cuts deeper. It's based not on pragmatism, but on religious principle. According to the Torah, you don't have to be Jewish in a Jewish society and a Jewish land to have many of the rights of citizenship. You simply have to be moral. One biblical vignette portrays this with enormous power. King David had fallen in love with and had an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba, the wife of a ger toshav, Uriah the Hittite. She became pregnant. Uriah, meanwhile, had been away from home as a soldier in Israel's army. David, afraid that Uriah would come home, see that his wife was pregnant, realize that she had committed adultery and come to discover that the king was the guilty party, had Uriah brought home. His pretext was that he wanted to know how the battle was going. He then told Uriah to go home and sleep with his wife before returning so that he will later assume that he himself is the father of the child. But the plan fails. This is what happened. When Uriah came to him, so it says in 2 Samuel chapter 11, when Uriah came to him, David asked him how Yoav was, how the soldiers were, how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. David was told Uriah didn't go home. So he asked Uriah, haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my commander Yoav and my lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go home to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? Surely you, as you live, I will not do such a thing. Uriah's utter loyalty to the Jewish people, despite the fact that he himself wasn't Jewish, is portrayed in the sharpest contrast with King David, who stayed in Jerusalem, not with the army, and instead had a relationship with another man's wife. The fact that Tanakh can tell such a story in which a resident alien is a moral hero and David, Israel's king, Israel's greatest king, is the wrongdoer, tells us much about the morality of Judaism. Minority rights are the best test of a free and just society. Since the days of Moses, they have been central to the vision of the kind of society God wants us to create in the land of Israel. How vital, therefore, that we take them seriously today. Shabbat Shalom.